and welcome on in Ryan Hickey here with you on this Sunday. Welcome. Appreciate you making us a part of, I guess, finishing the weekend, starting the work week. Either way, we're here to make this Sunday night slash Monday morning a lot better for you. Thanking, uh, thank you for all the different options you got. Million options. Podcasts, TV, music politics. I don't know why you want to listen to politics on the radio, but plenty of people do. A lot of different options. Thank you for making us your option right here on CBS Sports Radio. Fun weekend for yours truly. I uh, had a friend's birthday last night, so I was able to celebrate a few, you know, little drinks, a little dinner, nice night spent. Spent most of the Saturday uh, cleaning my apartment, uh, cleaning the shower, which is always a lot of fun, doing laundry. So, Overdue. It was nice, kind of finally check it off the list. Can't say it was exactly enjoyable, but nonetheless, a, a fun weekend, all things considered. What wasn't a fun weekend, though, is what happened, unfortunately, at Wake Forest. Um, after Wake Forest upset number eight Duke, you had the fans storm the court. Kyle Filipowski, best player on Duke, gets hurt as the fans kind of storm on there. And now his status going forward is MIA. And since that injury, since that incident, uh, midday on Saturday, the last, we'll call it 36 hours, have been spent uh, by people saying, stop and ban court stormings. No more fans on the court. It's dangerous. It's ridiculous. We cannot have this happen. I could not disagree more. We need court storming in college basketball. Court stormings are great. For college basketball, a part it's part, I should say, of what makes the sport so special, so fun, so exciting. With that said, though, there does need to be change. We do have to protect the players. But I have a solution for you where the players can be protected while the fans also have their fun. You ready for it? It's very simple. The solution is wait 10 seconds. Wait 15 seconds after the buzzer sounds, get the opposing players off the court, and then allow the uh, the fans to storm. That's it. That's all you got to do. 10, 15-second buffer. Get the opposing coaches, players off the court into the locker room, and then open the floodgates, let the fans come on the court, and share their celebration after beating one of the best teams of the country. There is a happy medium. It's very simple and very easy. And 10 seconds is, is, is no time. You're not losing any juice, right? It's not like ruining um, the moment. Court stormers are one of the best things that happen in college basketball. Waiting a few seconds for the, the uh, fans to run on the court is not going to take away from that. If we want to demonstrate, we, we can demonstrate. We'll do it really fast here. Let's have it a fantasy world. Still a Penn State alum. We'll make it all about me. Penn State's playing number one Purdue. They're playing at Penn State. They're about to pull off the upset here. I have a ticker. I'll play it for you. We'll have a little countdown. Buzzer sounds, 10 seconds, and then boom, the fans run on. Just to show you, in case you doubt me, how little time it is for the buzzer to get the players off the court here. Let's act it out. All right. I'll be the play-by-play guy. Well, let's, let's get into... Get into scene here. Three, two, one. Five seconds left. Penn State dribbling out the ball. They are going to beat 
number one Purdue. There's the buzzer. And Penn State has upset number one Purdue. And now here come the fans storming the court, going crazy, jumping, screaming, yelling, celebrating. What a scene we have right here in State College. That 10 seconds is nothing. It's plenty of time to get the players in a safe spot. We can get away with the handshake line. We don't have to shake hands after an upset. Get them right to the locker room. Just focus on their safety. Get the uh, coaches out of there as well. And allow the fans to, to go crazy. Go nuts. That little 10-second gap is more, way more than enough time to get players away safely without taking away any excitement from the moment. That's a solution. We can live in a world where player safety and fan experience and jubilation live together. It's not mutually exclusive. It's not one or the other. Either we have to have court storming, screw the players, just hope it doesn't happen again, or it's not, we got to ban court storming. How dare the fans run on the court and put players at risk? We could never have this happen again. This is a disgrace. It's not one or the other. There's a middle ground. And the middle ground is, I think, what I just told you. We could absolutely live in both worlds. I think people that want to ban court storming are overreacting big time here. Let's not take away because of what two idiots did at Wake Forest and running at Kyle Filipowski and unfortunately injuring him. Let's not let them take away from one of the greatest spectacles the sport has to offer. But college basketball is special in part because of the court stormings. You don't see it anywhere else. It's a fun and great scene. It's a few thousand students running onto the court, celebrating with their own players, excited after beating a top team. It's a great tradition. It's an awesome sight on TV. It's even better in person. Why take that away? Why take that experience away from players and fans alike, both sharing a, a similar experience? Why take one of the greatest joys you could experience in college basketball away when it's still possible you can have that while also allowing players on the other team to, to, to be safe. Like, player safety is important. I'm not trying to sit here and tell you that, oh, what happened uh, at Duke or against Duke, I should say at Wake Forest, doesn't matter. One in a million, it, it rarely happens, so let's just move on and pretend it didn't happen. Player safety has to be addressed. Like there, I do think there has to be a change after what we saw on Saturday. I don't think it's very smart or wise to put players coming off a very heated game that are obviously upset they lost, putting them in a space where they are inches away from what are most likely drunk college kids celebrating the big win. Like, you can see how that on the surface adds up to a bad situation. And honestly, I think college basketball, in a way, is lucky we've not had more fracases 
melees with the amount of court stormings we have had. So I do think change has to be made here. I don't think as soon as the buzzer hits zero and having fans run on the court while the opponent most likely is still there, I don't think that's the answer. I don't think that's the best thing for everybody. Waiting? Having a, a, I don't know what you want to call it, a grace period, if you will, for players to leave and then let the fans on is perfect. You keep one of the best scenes in all sports alive while also keeping players on the other team safe. Who says no? Who says that's a bad idea? That's why anyone who, who's right here claiming you got to ban court storming, I think he's overreacting. Because we don't have to live in an absolute world when it comes to this subject. You can look at it with a little bit of gray. It's not black or white. We can live in a world where both happen simultaneously. And I think the way he just laid it out gives us that. So I don't think what we saw Saturday means we have to ban court storming. I think we have to have a change in college sports, specifically college basketball, and how uh, we approach court storming. I do think we have to put mechanisms in place to keep the opposing uh, players safe, but we can keep them safe while also at the same time allowing fans to celebrate, allowing for a great memory for players and fans alike. 855-212-4227. Do you think Saturday was the breaking point? Should court storming after what happened where Duke's best player, Kyle Filipowski, unfortunately gets hurt? We don't know his timetable. I mean, there's a chance. There is a chance he can never play again this season. He's out for the rest of the year. I don't think that's the case, but it's possible. Is Saturday the last straw where you think court storming should be banned? Or is there a happy medium we could live in? 855-212-4227. Tony is calling from Toronto with an idea. What's up, Tony? I like your 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 idea. Unfortunately, uh, as a fan, as a fanatic, you're not going to wait 10 seconds. You just beat the number one seed or the number two seed. You're not going to count down. You're just you're going to storm. You're, it's just not going to happen. I do I do I think that storming is, is is great yes you want to celebrate with you with your team the big win but unfortunately in all sports it has to be banned not only to protect the players that was a one-off where the, the the player unfortunately got hurt now let's say the benches would have collapsed or something you would have had a catastrophe with people getting trampled on and it happened so quickly i think Unfortunately, this has to be banned, and the only way you're going to fix it is if if students or, or fans do something like that, the team should be penalized, and fans can't go watch their uh, team for a year or, or, or the team be fined. It's, it's, it, you got to look well, at the Well, there are mechanisms difference. already in place, Tony. Uh, thank you for the call. Um, like the SEC, for example, fines schools like LSU this week when they beat Kentucky, storm the court. And LSU is fine, and actually the fine goes to Kentucky. So you're actually paying the other school um, if your fans storm the court. I don't see how if you storm the court, let's just say, and you want to punish fans for doing so, good luck trying to chase down the 5,000 fans or so that run on the court. You're not going to – you may get five. You may get ten. Um, 
I don't say you're going to, you know, track down most people. But you say it doesn't work. I would argue it's, it, it's already happened. If you go back, anyone with an internet connection could go back and look on YouTube like I did today. Go watch the end of this year, about a month ago, six weeks ago. Georgia Tech upset at the, at the time number three, North Carolina. Game came down to the final play. Georgia Tech on by one. North Carolina with the ball, missed the shot, game over. They're, like legitimately, 10 seconds. No one runs on the court. UNC players have to walk across the court to get to their locker room. And as soon as they're in the, uh, in the tunnel, fans explode onto the floor. Watch it. it. It happened this year. Fans waited for UNC. I think it's a good job by security there. Georgia Tech got them off the floor. And as soon as the Tar Heel players were gone, boom, floodgates open, fans were on. There's absolutely a way that we can train security. Tell the message to fans, by the way, it's a joint effort with, you know, with every school, every conference, the entire NCAA push, pushing the message. Like, we can live in a world where I don't think fans, like, fans can listen to a 10-second delay. Hey, wait 10 seconds. Security's there, kind of blocking the exits. Okay, they're gone. All right, here you go. Have at them. We can live in that world, no problem. I think it's very doable. Bra- Brendan's calling from Chicago. What's up, Brendan? Hi. Uh, I, I have a feeling that um, athletic directors around the country are going to be uh, – have to have meetings with the uh, with legal. Um, there's a precedent that, that has just been set, and uh, especially the next upcoming weeks, you are going to see a heightened security. And uh, I don't think it's 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 going to happen anytime soon. Um, once you, they, they, from what I hear, they they announce, please do not uh, leave your seats and and, and and swarm the court. But they do that for legal reasons, because they are it's an uncontrolled uh, um, uh, uh, happening and. Uh, yeah, the person performance was exactly right. I mean, you, you anything can happen with uh, uh, hundreds of people moving in different directions at different paces. Uh, there's alcohol involved. It's an uncontrolled uh, scenario, and uh, they're just leaving themselves open up uh, for 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 a a a, 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 a lawsuit? litigious battles. Yeah, yeah, especially after this week because there's a precedent that's been set. I mean, I hope we don't get to this point, Brendan. Thank you for the call, buddy. I mean, I, I the less involvement with lawyers in college sports, the better. Uh, unless maybe I'm mistaken. I don't foresee, at least in the immediate future here, lawsuits and lawyers getting involved. But I also don't think, like, he said heightened security. Heightened, like, that, that's, I'm not anti-heightened security. If you got to, if you are now a team that has to hire a few extra security guards, number one, hey, boost the economy. Number two, like, that's not the worst thing in the world. Let's also realize, too, right? So if we break this down, who storms the court from where? Well, especially the first kids on the floor are always college kids, right? They're behind the basket, usually, for most student sections. They're the ones that are the most rambunctious. They're the ones that, for the most part, fill up the floor when, when fans storm. Usually, student sections in one side of the side of the gym, right? Whatever basket that they're shooting on the second half, that's usually where the student section is. That's, the, that's really the only area you have to control right from the start. So if you have to put 30 security officials with like a rope that like basically like ropes off the student section for, again, 10 or 15 seconds, I think it's doable. 
I don't think that's an impossible ask. Hold them back. And then as soon as, again, like if you, part of it is communication. It's not just a minute before the game ends. Fans, do not storm the court. Like you said, I would agree. It's for legal reasons. They say that. They know no one listens. But it's like an aggressive PR campaign, if you will, starting now. Hey, we're waiting till the other team clears out the floor that you can go at them. If that message is communicated, I think more people are open to it than you realize. You're still letting them on the floor. You're not taking anything away. All you're doing is literally waiting 10 seconds. We just did the example before. That's no time. As soon as they're off the floor, boom, race on. It's easy. I don't think it's it's that big of an ask or that too tall of a task to get done and to accomplish. 855-212-4227. We'll get more of your thoughts here. Is it time to ban court storming? I say no. If you disagree, 855-212-4227. And Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three on Twitter. When we return here, you'll not only hear my voice, obviously, I'm Ryan Hickey talking to you. you also hear the voices of Kyle Filipowski, of John Shire, and Steve Forbes, the two head coaches and player involved um, in the incident yesterday with Duke and Wake Forest. Does Wake Forest's coach, Steve Forbes, think that court storming is bad? Well, you'll hear hear, uh, hear his answer. Next, it's Ryan Hickey with you right here, CBS Sports Radio. This is Hick at Night. Here's Ryan Hickey. When are we going to ban court storming? Like, when are we going to ban that? Like, how many times does a player have to get into something where they get punched or they get pushed or they get taunted right in their face? And it's a dangerous thing. That was the voice of Duke head coach John Shire, who clearly and understandably, I get it from his perspective, is upset that his player gets injured, leaving the court after a loss. Now his status is up in the air and uncertain. I get why he's frustrated. And I think he's right in needing a change. Where I think John Shire is wrong is where he wants court storming banned. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think we have to live in a world where fans are no longer allowed to run on the court after a big win. I think that's bad for college basketball, bad for fans, bad for players. A controlled environment is the best. By waiting for players to leave the court, that way there's, you know what we'll call it, there's no temptation. Because when you hear from Kyle Filipowski after the game, talk to WFMY-TV, he feels, at least in his opinion, like the fans kind of were looking for him and almost in a way targeted him. Really ridiculous of, of, of how... You know that situation's handled. I've already heard that there's some videos of, of you know getting punched in the back, and um, so I absolutely feel like it was personal, um, um, you know, intentional for sure. You know, like I said, was, there's there's no reason where they see a big guy like me trying to work my way up the court, and they, they can't just work around me. You know, there's no excuse for that. Look, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend fans are innocent. And you watch that video of the two Wake Forest idiots. That's what they exactly are. Um, you try to push and hurt a player um, after a game like that. You're you're an absolute idiot. Say to, to put it nicely. I mean, there's a lot of other words you could use, but 
I don't want to lose my job, so we won't use those words, but you can use your imagination of what we're talking about here. But it's one of those things where it's like, if you really think about it, college kid, probably drunk, hyped up after a big win, and the opponent you just played is in front of you? I'm not going to sit here and tell you every single time the fan's going to just go out of their way and move around him and not try to, you know, not try to be a jerk. Absolutely, there are people that want to antagonize and let you know, hey, we won. As a reminder, let me just, you know, get in your face and yell at you or push you or whatever. I don't, like, players should not be subject to that. So I'm not, you know, I'm not advocating for those interactions. Those interactions are dangerous. And honestly, when you really think about it, a shock that hasn't happened more. But before it happens again and before things get worse or escalate, let's just defuse the situation. Take the players off the court. Then allow the fans to run on. Simple, simple, simple. Finally here, this is interesting to me. Now you see it from a, a perspective whose players were not affected. Right, Steve Forbes, winning head coach of Wake Forest. His students, if you want to call them his students, raced on the floor. Here's Steve's perspective on court storming. I didn't see what happened at the end. You know, I hope he's okay. Um, I don't like court stormings. Never have. I've been a part of those before. As a coach, I just don't feel safe. Um, and I'm sure the next time that happens, we'll do a better job of, of uh, you know, taking care of that situation. That last part, for me, is the biggest thing. They're absolutely first and foremost has to be blamed on the students that did this, right? They're the, without a doubt. But right behind them, the blame then goes to Wake Forest security. They dropped the ball big time. Because the one thing they did not do was create an environment that was safe for Duke. Forget about preventing fans from running on the court. Now what I'm talking about. I'm talking about once they realize, oh, the fans are coming on, you better have an exit strategy for Duke. And I've seen plenty of court stormings this season. Just go back to Wednesday night. Earlier this week, Creighton took down number one UConn at home in Omaha. You know what Creighton security did? They formed a human security wall from the UConn bench to the UConn tunnel. So it was just the players walking out. They were not walking by fans. There was no way the fans were going to get in there and prevent them and get in their way from going to the locker room. So as fans are running on, there's a human wall there preventing any Creighton fans from interacting with UConn players. So while they didn't keep the fans off the court, like, you know, they didn't give the opportunity for UConn to leave the court before they rushed the floor, Creighton security had a plan to make sure that the UConn players were safely able to leave. Wake Forest had no plan. They didn't know what the hell to do. I don't know if they panicked. I don't know if it was a lack of preparation. I, I don't know if they didn't think it was going to happen. I, I, I don't know. They dropped the ball, and they deserve a lot of blame as well for this incident happening, uh, happening along with the two students that, uh, that injured Kyle Filipowski. So I don't think, for me, the ultimate answer is banning court storming. I think the answer is waiting 10 seconds, getting the players off the floor, and then allowing your fans to go crazy. 
There is a happy medium. 855-212-4227. Mike is calling from Baltimore with some thoughts. What's up, Mike? Hey, how you doing? Good, man. What's on your mind? Uh, I think it should be banned, man. I mean, it's just that you were talking about how this, uh, the other week uh, something happened where they was, the fans was reserved and, and then and then they came out. I mean, I, I don't know. You know, I didn't see that situation. But I mean, with the enthusiasm and all that stuff that happened, I mean, they, they, people just going to spontaneously do it. They're not going to. You're talking about like having like a 10 second uh, uh, fan storm and clock or whatever. You know, I don't. I don't. I just think the the, the risk is not worth the, the reward. I think they should just ban it, man. Really. I mean, a, a security wall, Mike. Just just have a bunch of security guards there in front of the student section. Thank you for the call. I think we'll get the job done. But I don't think you're asking a lot. And if you missed it, again, YouTube is very simple to find. Georgia Tech, North Carolina from this year. Watch how long it takes the students to get on the court. It worked. We've already seen it in action. It works. Now we just got to implement it everywhere. I don't think banning it, though, is the answer. Anthony's call from Dallas. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on? I was uh, – that video of the Duke player, to me – I don't know about you, but it kind of looked like he looked right at that dude and then stuck his leg out, tried to leg check him, and injured himself in the meantime. And, and not a lot of people are mentioning that or talking about it. To me, that seemed like a self-inflicted injury, and now we're worrying about people storming the courts when he was being stupid. I don't get that view, um, Anthony. Uh, I don't. I think it was more trying to avoid the the rush than him, you know, basically trying to be the aggressor and ended up, you know, the other way around. I think he was just trying to leave and in the mass chaos uh, didn't like, I think it like I'm watching it again right now. I personally feel like it's more self-defense. Like he's walking sideways, right? He's trying to walk off the court from one end to the other. And as he's walking sideways, fans are running at him. Um, trying to get to the center of the court. I think for me, it was more self-preservation than it was him being a, a jerk or an instigator uh, and trying to, you know, hurt the fans. But either way, I think this incident does bring to the point, like either way, whether it was on purpose, if you think that like Anthony does or not, I think it, we do need to address this issue of just like, if it doesn't happen now, it's going to happen at some point. And I think the like what we want to do now is get ahead of it. Be proactive. And not wait to the point of, like a malice at the palace where all of a sudden you have a brawl between the opposing team and fans break out because they're just going crazy here. Let's not maybe get to that situation. So that's why I think you can, we can live in a world where you can absolutely um, wait. Just again, wait a small fraction of the time. Just get the players off the court. Just get them off. Forget the post game handshake line, get to the locker room game over. And now it's time to celebrate. That is attainable. That is doable. That's personally what I think we should see happen in college basketball um, moving forward. We will get to Sunday Scaries here on the other side of the break. We'll finish off, though, with Lynn in terms of court storming here. Lynn, call from Illinois. What's up, Lynn? Yeah, I, I, I see that you have certain, certain instances where you think it's going to go this way and this way and everything is going to be great. And that if they got a bunch of extra security guards, you know, then 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 everything will be okay. But what about like if a, a handicapped student 
is watching the game or a, or a petite, very petite student is watching the game and they start storming the court and they get knocked down and they get killed. Is that what it takes for somebody to get killed to stop all this? Or uh, how, how do you feel about that? Uh, no, I'm not here advocating for, for doing this until people have died. Um, I mean, I could be wrong here. I've I mean, not that, seen that anyone happens over in, over in the UK with uh, soccer all the time. Well, it's also easier to run into a basketball court. You're not climbing over things. You're not it's, – it's not gymnastics. You're w- walking downstairs. Uh, you, say, you say storming the court. They're just walking down the stairs. These drunk college kids, like you say, are just walking down the stairs? Well, when you're – yeah, until you get on the court, yeah. No one's oh, okay. sprinting down the, the See, bleachers. All, all this has – everything you say has certain circumstances applied to it. Lynn, do you leave the house like in bubble wrap? Is that is no, that life for living? No, I do not. No, you're you're a fun guy. You like to live life. Absolutely, I I, I did a lot of things in my life, <laughs> but I also believe that people should not be put in jeopardy. I agree. We we are on the same page with that. And thank you for the call. And I'm not trying to put lives in jeopardy here. We're trying to just have some damn fun. This is college basketball. We're having fun. Storming the court. Celebrating a win. I don't think I, I don't think we have to make this in terms of like a life or a death situation of someone's gonna get trampled to death. That uh, honestly I'm not worried about because I don't think it's gonna happen. I'm not gonna live a life in, in terms of bubble wrap and be afraid to to breathe. We can live here. And it comes to protecting players, getting them off the court, by the way, creates less havoc. It makes things even easier for students. You're not manipulating or dodging players as you're you know, going on the court. You just feline straightforward. I think we can absolutely live in a world here in 2024 and beyond where fans can run on the court, have a good time, celebrate a win, while also keeping players safe. Call me crazy. That's a world I think we can absolutely live in. All right. So when we do return here, Sunday scaries. All right. We're getting ready for the work week. Anxiety is kicked in. It's the worst feeling in the world. Well, we're going to make you feel better. We got some examples of some you can't believe. You think you're having a bad day? Take a listen to some of these stories. Uh, I'll tell you on the other side here. Uh, hopefully lessen some of those Sunday scares and just realize people have it a lot worse than you probably do. That is for sure. When we do return Right here, Hick at Night. Ryan Hickey with you on CBS Sports Radio. This is Hick at Night. Here's Ryan Hickey. Welcome on in. Ryan Hickey here with you on CBS Sports Radio. If you're tuning in late, missed a large part of the show, not to fret. Two ways to stay up to date with the show. Number one, download, subscribe to the Hick at Night podcast. Night spelled N-I-T-E. Available wherever you do get your pods. And also... YouTube channel name is Ryan Hickey. A lot of visual content uh, getting posted to that channel, including a lot of court storming stuff we talked about today. So video-wise, Ryan Hickey channel on YouTube. Audio-wise, Hick at Night Podcast. Night spelled N-I-T-E. Available wherever you do get your pods. And as you know, but just as a reminder, both are free. All right. So we try to close out the show the only way we know how to each and every Sunday night. Everyone's got the Sunday scares. You're probably going through it right now if you're up and listening to us right now. Dreading work, maybe dreading a big meeting. So to kind of ease some of that anxiety here, 
I like to highlight people who have it way worse than you do. It's time for Sunday Scaries. The weekend is winding down. Hey, Ryan, who's got the Sunday Scaries this week? People who go to the airport for fun. Let me ask you this, Chris. Would you ever want to go to an airport if you were not flying? Absolutely not. Not to go hang out. Saturday night, you're saying, all right, let's hit the town. Where do you guys want to go? Let's go to JFK. And now what you're saying to your friends? No. I would agree. The last place I would ever want to be if I'm not traveling is an airport. But for those living in Orlando that love the Orlando airport, I guess there's a different breed. The Orlando airport announced recently they are selling a day pass. So you have to be TSA approved, but you can now buy a day pass and be able to go into the Orlando airport without a boarding pass to go look at the shops, go to the restaurants, and go, you know, see art. You talk about being down bad. If you have to pay money in order to frequent the Orlando airport shops, restaurants, you're telling me if you live in Orlando, you can't find anywhere else to go eat on a Saturday night where you have to go to the airport? I don't, I'm not a big traveler. I don't fly that much. You know, once or twice a year, maybe. So, like, you know, I'm not frequently visiting other airports. But I traveled enough to know this. The last place I ever want to be is an airport. I mean, just think about the logistics. They're close to nothing. So even if, even if, let's just say, in a fantasy world, the airport had the best steak you've ever had in your life. So I got to have that steak. We're not traveling anytime soon, but damn it, I got to have it. Just getting out there, paying to go into the airport, driving out there is too much of a hassle. I would say no. So who has the Sunday scaries? Those that are buying day passes to go hang out at the Orlando airport. Well, just to, just to spend a day. That is bad. What's also bad here in New York City is the amount of crime that happens on the subways. Whether it's robberies, whether it's people... Uh, jumping the turnstiles to avoid paying the $2.90 fare it takes or it costs to ride the subway. And the MTA, right, the, the people who run the subways here in New York City, they have had enough. They have announced that their big idea to limit subway crime, you ready for this? Is spending $21 million on, wait for it, light bulbs that is right new york city subway is trying to curtail and i should say thinks they can curtail subway crime by replacing the light bulbs they think that it would scare off criminals and help security cameras record reliable video of wrongdoing. This is a real quote. Richard Davey, New York City Transit President. Ready for this? Quote, it's simple. A brighter station is a safer station. End quote. 
saying feedback uh, feedback from customers has been overwhelmingly positive. I'm not a criminal, so I don't know how to criminal things. I'm going to use some comments on you. I don't think the lightness of a studio, a uh, studio, the lightness of a subway station is going to determine if a criminal wants to commit a crime. If he sees a target, he wants to attack and stab or rob or both. I don't think whether it's light or dark, whether it's LED or fluorescent lights are going to be like, oh boy, can't do it. Sorry, they got the LEDs in. No way, can't do it. People are going to commit crimes whether they, like, if they want to do it or not. The lighting, I don't know one criminal who's ever said it was too bright. This is the biggest waste of $21 million I've ever seen. I mean, I take this up all the time. Thankfully, I've never been robbed, but I see plenty of people jump the turnstile, pissing me off so much. That's why if I ever ran for president, I would like make them the death penalty. That drives me crazy. People think that they're above paying 290. No. But like there are like subway workers at every station. There'd be a subway booth with a worker with a live person in there looking at the turnstiles. People jumping, no one cares. You're telling me now lights are gonna stop crime? Boy, you talk about having it bad. We are screwed. We are screwed. All right. Is your relationship okay? You know, your significant other, hopefully, you know, maybe you're maybe in a little bit of a rut right now. Well, maybe this will cheer you up and hopefully, you know, make you realize things are not as bad as this. There was just a recent proposal between rapper Yada and now his fiance. Here's the catch. Yada is currently in jail serving a 12-year sentence for a murder back in 2016. He just proposed to his fiance via video chat. He's in jail. She's somewhere where it's warm. And like, it's like one of those like robots with an iPad video to it. And he proposes to her through like the camera. What I don't understand, that's, what that's technology. You're gonna propose now, not in person. I guess maybe that's the future. But if you're the fiance, like, what's the point of getting engaged now? I think the murder happened in 2016. I'm not sure if he was sentenced in 2016, but let's just say he was. He's not getting out till 2028. You have four years to go. Why, if you were the girl, would you want to be uh, the fiance engaged to a guy who's in jail for murder? Am I am I wrong here, Chris? Am I missing something? I was just gonna say maybe it's fun. I don't know. True I don't know love I don't, is true love. I, I don't know what's going on in their heads. I mean, who says romance is dead? I don't know how you get a ring, by the way, from the from the iPad. I don't know if the robot is is designed yet in this day and age to to put the ring on the finger. I don't eh, think we've gotten there. Eh, just go buy a ring pop, I guess. I don't know. But like saying yes to, to a proposal in jail when he's four years away, bare minimum. And also like. Murder I'll just say this. My girlfriend was a murderer. She was in jail. She proposed to me. Let's just say roles were reversed. I'm saying no. I'm not even dating her. This is a, a wacky one. That's some second scares. And also, finally, really fast here. Look, the MLB uniforms have gotten a lot of uh, flack, rightfully so. They're awful and cheap. But how about this? Not only are the pants see-through, you can see a lot of sticks and balls, if you know what I mean. I'm not talking about on the field. There's also a pants shortage. 
teams have to reuse pants from last year. Like the Cincinnati Reds don't have enough new pants to give to their players. They are reusing old pants. So not only are the pants bad and see-through, they <laughs> think enough. Like every day there's a new story that makes this whole uniform debacle in Major League Baseball funnier. But also like more depressing. Like this is a billion dollar operation and they don't have enough pants for their players? That is this Sunday's edition of Sunday Scares right here on CBS Sports Radio. Hopefully that cheered up your son. Hopefully now you are have a little extra pep in your step going to work after realizing there's a lot of people have a worse than you. That'll do it for the show. Big thanks to Chris Hess for producing. A big thank you for you. To you, I should say, for tuning in and making us a part of your Sunday. We'll talk to you next Sunday. Have a great rest of your week. It's been Ryan Hickey with you right here on CBS Sports Radio.